0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Claremotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Claremotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gartner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and, more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotiv.ca/ims. Or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Mr. Bill Roberts. How are you doing, Bill?
1: Doing well. Thank you very much, Tyler.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. I started, how was I? You're the CEO at Noble Technologies, and you and I just stepped into an elevator. We got 30 floors Tell us what Noble Technologies is all about, Bill, and we'll, uh, we'll, run, we'll run away with it from there.
1: <laughs> On one hand, we're about uh, reinventing um, the experience that a consumer and user utilizes technology in a retail environment, in a hospitality environment, in a home environment, and in the medical services environment. And what that really means is the ability to walk up to something and interact with it, it drives all of the components of what is the user interface, where can I be in one, two, three clicks where I can do something that's convenient, that works for my schedule, how I like to do things, it allows me my own little personal ability. It also expands the capability of, of convenience of more selection, greater selection. And the ability to get it within the timeframes that I want.
0: So huge trend around personalization, and the the you know as we all as I reach for this phone, which is the, kind of a mini version of what you kind of described, almost in my pocket. But in a retail environment, in a, in a sorry real world environment, I'm going to see this. You call it's referred to as an eye mirror on your on your website. Is That's this right. a smart mirror, or am I oversimplifying by using the word smart?
1: No, we we at the end of the day, it's um it's a smart mirror. It's a magic mirror. It's the eye mirror. It is a mirror that's interactive. There are many names that it goes by, um, but at the end of the day, it is uh, it is smart. It's the utilization of technology to solve problems. Mm,
0: okay, I appreciate that. And you guys are you guys are Calgary based company. What's uh, what's a little bit? Of how long? Because before I ran into you, I didn't know about you, which I that's one of the reasons why I do the show. There's so many little interesting you know big and small organizations in Calgary and, and niche. Industries that you don't know about until you stumble on them. So how long, you, how long have you guys been around?
1: That's a March of next year. It'll be 10 years. Interesting. So uh, good life cycle, um, a lot of growing pains, um, and really uh, have taken probably the last five to six years to evolve the company to the point where it is uh, a commercialized, viable, sellable product, not just we think we have something. We actually do have something that uh, we now are dis- deploying worldwide. Um, yesterday, uh, or sorry, I guess today, I'm always on a different clock. So last night <laughs> at 8 p.m., I was on a call with uh, a new group in Japan, in Tokyo, wanting arranging for our product there. Uh, this morning, our guys t- uh, were online with a group in Dubai because we've deployed to Dubai. And um, yesterday afternoon, they were in London. So we try in the, during a day between the hours of 6 a.m. and 8 p.m., we, we travel the world without leaving our uh, wonderful uh, city of Calgary. Uh,
0: curious question. I ask this on a lot of companies, that, and, I, and I love this. This is a positive. How many of your customers are here in town versus, like, how many customers just, we'll say Western Canada, even Alberta, versus, versus abroad just as a
1: percentage? Mm. We have one pilot customer in Western Canada.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you knew where I was kind of heading with that with that story. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm always curious to that because as we look at diversification in Calgary and with you know this tech eco- ecosystem or underpinning that we see everywhere and the need to not be so reliant on the energy sector, even though it's still you know who knows these days with all the rhetoric that's happening in the government <laughs> right now. I was to CBC this morning. It was a bit depressing, but let's not this 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 will air in the future. So maybe I won't I won't date it too much for today always really curious of the success i hear about and also some of the insights around how to make that happen being based here you know in this amazing city for all the perks but yet having to go to literally travel from 6am to 8pm all over the world to find customers in the last 10 years like how's that journey been and i know you've only been, you've been at the helm here for the past year and a half but has mm-hmm. that been a challenge for the organization to get out there and get credibility and get like basically just uh, this belly to belly handshake time with these customers?
1: It has been, yeah. So uh, of course, lots of challenges around that. And part of that was the evolution of the, of the product itself. But at the end of the day, trying to get to, um, it's it's odd that we don't have the same realization and utilization of technology as the rest of the world seems to. I and mean, when I say <laughs> here, I'm talking about Canada, uh, Canada yep. specifically, because we have lots of clients in the US, but in Canada, we just there's this like, no, I don't think, I'm, I'm not sure I want to do that. I nail it. So I don't know what the hesitancy is there. And it's odd because um, yesterday morning at 6.30, we were talking to a group uh, out of, um, I'm sorry, out of um, India, which has 12,000 stores that want to take our product um, that's so good, us, that's, that's, that's I like
0: that, I like those kind of calls. That's a good call. That <laughs> yeah, was a great
1: call. And but we have <clears throat> excuse me. And part of that, now, those calls at those locations, is the challenge doesn't seem to be as much. And you know, part of it is we're you know the you know knock on wood call it whatever you will. Being Canadian in a global market is a great thing. Just being so maybe Canadian leads to my but, next question. You know, yeah, I'm, how,
0: how uh, that how that shows up from a brand and oh, trustworthiness yeah. and all the things that are associated by default just by being quote unquote Canadian.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and um, so it's interesting. You know, by the I was on the second call yesterday morning with our uh, VP of Sales, who's who um, is in Montreal, with a group in uh, over in India, and at, by the end of the call, they were you know they were very you know accommodating. They're very polite. They're and. Okay, let's get moving. Let's get going. And, and so there's a lack of hesitancy once we seem to break that barrier. Now, having said that, the 10-year history also helps. Okay. So we've got that run that, you know, you're not just a, a flash in the pan. You're not just somebody says, oh, this would be cool. And we burn through a bunch of capital and we go, oh, well, didn't work out. So part of that is is that. And part of the fact is that we really stayed focused on on trying to drive this one product onto a platform base that then can touch many industries without us having to adjust um, the actual product that we sell. Uh, but okay, back to okay. the question of hand about uh, the resistance or the openness in the, in the outside of the world, yes, it has been a struggle, but it has been less and less a struggle. Uh, we have now a great partner out of Tel Aviv that we uh, travel the globe with. We have a great partner out of Greece that we travel the globe with, two out of the US. We, and they're on our, And we utilize them on our platform and they bring us clients because of the product is so good. It's a blend of that digital to bricks and mortar. Um and we we complement what they do and, and they complement what we do. And so the client likes this because it really provides a solution. Never mind there's massive ROIs and you know experiential and because the consumer today has changed. Our our um our hurdle is trying to get through to people in Canada. Hudson's Bay like uh, the, the huge help we could be there um, and I say help and I know maybe that's a little biased but but there's lots of things we could do just for our own um, retail economy never mind our hotel economy or hospitality sector but it just seems to be a bit of a, a bit of a hurdle there so
0: something you touched on I've you know, had a quite a lot of startups and on the show talking about, you know, there's a big lineup to be second, especially in Western Canada. A lot of, not a lot of people want to be first because it's risky, but interesting you, you that for you guys, that's not necessarily the storyline because you've got 10 years. This didn't, you didn't just whip this product up in the shop and get some money to build some prototypes and now you're getting it out there. And those first few customers are then taking risk. So what we're talking about now with like a Hudson Bay example, just not seeing the value, not wanting to invest. Like, you know, you mentioned the word, the brick, like that sounds like you're truly embracing that omni-channel trend that's been happening and arguably pretty disjointed where I go online, but then I go to, I want to go to the store and I do, and there and never the two shall meet as a customer. That's, that doesn't even make any sense to me. And to hear that the resistance isn't because you guys are "quote unquote" risky because you're a startup, they just maybe don't see the value. Of course, I'm hypothesizing my own sure. thoughts. Yeah. That's an interesting mindset. Like, how do you like? That's a hearts and minds thing, right there. Not just oh, you're risky and you've only been around for 18 months. No, no, we've been around for 10 years. You know, and you guys sound a bit like a 10-year startup to some, probably in some <laughs> ways, but yeah. then not in others. You know what I mean? Not to minimize that at all.
1: Yeah, you know that startup term just doesn't stick anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's totally. <laughs> but, it's, um, it's
0: when, you ha- when you have a newborn or you have and you stop referring to them in weeks yeah, that's <laughs> we right, can't yeah. say that we're 6 we're 187 weeks old you're like no I think you need to switch to years at this point it's not making
1: sense <laughs> yeah we got to move that uh, metric so yeah I mean it's an interesting uh, idea behind that because really at the end of the day um, it's trying to get through to the, the, those retailers that uh, how can we help them out what can we do that's beneficial to them how can we help them solve so we talk about omnichannel as you mentioned and there are various definitions of omni-channel. Um, so I, I was at a, uh, uh, a little talk the other night with uh, Paco Underhill, which is a, um, a fellow from the U.S. It's a bit of a retail guru, uh, written a number of books, and trying to understand this term omni-channel because it has various definitions to it. So I can apply this definition to it, which is I, I follow CB Insights, and we follow McKinsley and a few others to try to follow to see what the, the, so the experts are referring to the term. And we look at it very simply. You can can say, we'd like a mirror, we'll rent it from you. We come out, you attach a bracket, you hang on this mirror on the wall, which is about the size of a door, just a normal door to your house. Okay. And then you plug it into power and you plug it into the internet, uh, ethernet, and that's all you do. Give us a couple hours and you're up and running. What does that mean? Well, we give you, if you're a Shopify, because we've integrated with Shopify, another great Canadian company. And so if you're a Shopify, in two hours, you have a salesperson. And so with with that, omnichannel means that I can access my online, so my endless aisle, if you will, and my inventory in the store. So I want a blue shirt, I want a pink shirt, and I want a red shirt. I order them all, I get the right size, I put in my basket to go and then the attendant brings me the blue shirt. Well the other two shirts aren't there. No problem. We're gonna they're being delivered to your house. Pay for them and walk out the door. As a retailer I haven't lost the sale of the two shirts because I really wanted that other shirt. So I'm either going to go down the mall or go to a store. and as a as a uh, consumer, I'm done. I know what I wanted, it's being delivered, it's red shirt, it's what I like, I'm taking it. And then the social component of our the ability to interact, so the, a bit of a gamification for the consumer that says, hey, I'm gonna take a picture of myself with this mirror because we have this interesting camera, and then I can actually put what we'll refer to as stickers, and the retailer can have personal branding in there or they can carry brands and I can put this all over myself and I can take that picture and I can shoot it to my Instagram, my Facebook, my TikTok, my whatever you want, and the retailer, can utilize that onto their Instagram feed as well. Well, that starts to become their marketing.
0: Because a better marketing or, than gear, somebody wearing yeah. my
1: clothes and, and putting my name on, you know, it's like us wearing polo shirts that have Nike or Adidas or Puma. Mm-hmm. We're advertising for them as we walk. So, and then the other part is the e-commerce. We tie the e-commerce in. And so our, one of our big initiatives now is with Visa on tap to pay. You'll be able to just tap the mirror and, Payment will be done. It's all secure, and away you go. Interesting. So, so on,
0: on the Channel under that is is all of those things that yeah. falls under. Is there any definitions kind of it, it, the way you un, un, unfolded that felt like there's definitions that maybe sit outside of that, or is it different because it's so each one of those is its own specialty the way you described it. If you guys to wrap it all into one device, that sounds like that is all coming together. Which to me is what Omni Channel was missing. Well, this, it always felt disconnected or sorry, the potential for it to feel disconnected sure. for the consumer. You immediately break my flow because I don't care about your logistics. I don't care about your technology and backend. Mm-hmm. I just want the experience I want to have. That's, and I'm learning that it's available to me. So now I demand it everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, I go in there. I went to send a picture. You know, I'll, I'll utilize, uh, you know, my niece that's uh, 16 years old, getting her driver's license in a few days. And she goes in there and she puts the stickers on. She sends it to her friend Sally because she goes on and, um, and then puts an email uh, Sally. Hey, Sally, what do you think? I'm at the store. Does this shirt look good to me? I mean, and it's that connection. Of course, that we have that you know that genders that are utilizing social media so much more than may say some like myself or maybe yourself. Maybe you, but there are my bill, bill,
0: bill. You're not gonna you're gonna send me a golf shirt photo later today to see if I think you look good.
1: (laughs) I I will respond if you do, but it's probably
0: not how you and I are gonna do it.
1: That's probably true. So, but if we, I'm open. I'm
0: open to it. I'm just not expecting it.
1: Well, I'll just sent the culture. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: got it, got it. So the other part of that though is if I happen to be a young mother with a five or six year old, but I want to shop. So we go back I'll date myself, we'll go back uh, and we're over in the corner was coloring books and tonka toys that were beat up and dirty and, and some blocks yep. and okay Johnny, go over there and play. I'm gonna I need to shop here. Well so that time is now past. So what we've done is put on the lower portion of our mirror A full coloring board. So the child can go on there, pick a number of different color, um, uh, different layouts, um, kids on bikes and, you know, mountain scenes. And they can color, full selection. They can erase it and color and they can make it just like a color. And then they can email it to grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, friend, whoever. Meanwhile, mama's mother is up on the screen shopping away and enjoying that side of it. Without having to. And by the way, her child is right below her.
0: There's a level of inclusiveness you're creating by by understanding your audiences, understand what matters to them. Right. Right.
1: At the end of the day, it comes back to that. So then our next component is, how do we help you really see what that clothes looks like on you without trying it on you? So from a retail's perspective, what they refer to as shrinkage, theft damage from you know tearing. i put the watch on oh man i tore the sweater while they throw it out or i spilled my i threw it down on the seat and it spilled coffee so we've uh, now got a avatar so you stand in front of our mirror and you do a pirouette and we generate a fully dimensioned avatar view now i'll digress for a quick sense just to try to give it some context and visuality here have you done uh, oculus or you know the
0: um, I have one. Uh, I've got an Oculus. My buddy and I pretend we're 12 and we go and play video games together. So I'm good. I've, I have an Oculus and I'll be doing it later tonight, actually.
1: <laughs> Don't hurt yourself. So, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: He, 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 he ran into his wall the other day where things got carried away. <laughs> we're getting shot at. Anyways. But, so yes, I'm very familiar with the Oculus.
1: <laughs> so, the, so the VR, those, those um, avatars in there are cartoonish. So, the one we generate of you is, takes 245 data points off your body, but it looks like you. It's a 3D, you can spin it around on the mirror. And so, now what we do is not only is it dimension, so the tighter, so part of the dimension you really have to understand this side is the tighter the fitting clothes, the more accurate our replica, uh, replication of you is. So, if you're going to wear a big puffy jacket, your dimensions are yeah. going to be like a guy with a big puffy jacket when you may not be that. <laughs> but what will come of that is now the ability to my avatar is up on there, and I can try clothes on my avatar. I don't have to try clothes on my body. Now, for me, I yep. love that idea because I, I, I just I'm, I shop it's not, once. It's you not your favorite. It's not, not your favorite thing. <laughs> and uh, so the idea around this is convenience. And the other part is, what does it look like? I'm going to spin myself around. Oh, yeah, it's a little bit long in the back now. And now, you know, maybe I do need a large, not a medium. And um, so at the end of the day, it's driving that convenience, but increasing the selection. So the user's experience, the consumer, the mom that's there with you know Sally, this coloring, I'm going to send that off to Grandma and Grandpa, and then she's up there and she's trying things on. So ours is about how to evolve this technology so that it's the user gets an experience out of this and it's easy to use, and so that the cons the, so the consumer, sorry, consumer does that. But so the retailer actually sees a benefit. Because I now have somebody captured in front of my, my audience. I'm controlling that message. I don't need a salesperson to tell them because I program what, they want, what I want them to see. Now, let's use a recommendation engine. This is a really cool, uh, item that we okay. platform this with others. I walk by with a polo shirt, we'll go back to a polo shirt, and it happens to have an RFID um, tag on it. <clears throat> it gets close to the mirror. Well, it pulls up all, all of the accompanying polo shirts and similar items oh and by the way what does that look like with a pair of jeans and so and a variety of that so the ability for it to help me because i'm not very good at if it wasn't for my wife and my daughters helping me pick clothes i would look like some ragtag Um, so (laughs) you go up there and it calls shop to look i can take a picture and i can take that picture i can scan it in there and i can say i'd like to have this look So that I could look like this. Oh,
0: that's oh, wow, that's super interesting. So personal shopper style. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: So then it pulls and, them up, and and,
0: and and stylist rolled into one, I should say.
1: Yeah. So and then we have another recommendation engine. You go through a series of questions. Um, first, gender, hair color, eye color, skin color, uh, body shape, and then it and then there's a few other questions, and then it says, "Oh, you're a minimalist, uh, and your color's autumn." Oh, great. Well, didn't know I was either of those, but sure. And then away I go. I can make my choices from there. So. What we're doing is providing the consumer the ability to have greater selection and have it at their hands. But it also is assisting the retailer because we know when we are doing PVH zones, uh, Tommy Hilfiger, and a number of others, uh, in the, and they hired a company to monitor what we were doing when they saw the increases in basket size as much as 47%. Now we know that it's about a fourteen percent is what we we know we're comfortable telling the retailers, so you know in our markets of the u k and and the u s and um, over in Germany that we know we're getting a greater basket size so so direct, numbers,
0: direct yeah not only a direct return like you can draw a straight line to the numbers in yeah, terms of the so, effectiveness yeah. from a pure business case curious question uh, I got a bunch of questions, but what about privacy? And, you know, that's obviously it's an important topic. It's starting to come up more and more everywhere as we're, as we've got another cycle of generations realizing, Ooh, Hey, those people like, man, our parents now that are, that are those, that that are those, that generation that's now in the thirties, they gave up a lot of their privacy in exchange for all these services. I'm assuming that's a big factor in the conversations you guys are having and how you build out your platform.
1: Correct. So we don't retain any data. So like okay. so the personal data we don't, and even like uh, uh, on our tap to pay the cardholder data we don't hold anything there. It is just no different than what you're doing today and how you're transacting.
0: Yeah, you're you're ju- you're just a portal. You're not the actual yeah, transaction. We don't. So and even case.
1: with the pictures that people may take of themselves, um, we don't retain those. They either they have to so there is a privacy they have to agree to the privacy terms or not, and if they do, then they actually just are they with the retailer or they're with themselves.
0: Mm, okay. So I'm only I'm going to assume again that now the the merchandise itself There's probably a huge engine behind that around what's moving, what's getting tried on, what's not. What do we order next? Because that's in the preview of the retailer, where the individual—that's where the line divides. I'm assuming where you guys can they can you can now run a report and using AI know exactly what's trending and kind of that just in time. Well, inventory ordering (laughs) has got us all into trouble in the last (laughs) in the yeah in the last eighteen months. (laughs) That that, that experiment has gone (laughs) off the rails. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but anyways, yeah, thinking about that about the power. Of like, because it is all about data, and to say, well, we don't keep any of that data, but this is the data that we actually capitalize we commercial do, value yeah, on. Yeah, for
1: sure. Okay, um, for sure. And there's a part of that. So you know, let's use North America as a good example. So you kind of take Denver, and if you draw a line, kind of east and west, and everything north of that is really operates on four seasons. So there's seasonality to clothing, and there's seasonality to um, the information that's going to be required for the the JIT, the just in time, techn- at least thought process. But if yeah. you think about what Happens. and Gap is really the supporting of this. If I'm just going to do e-commerce from my home, I'm going to order shirts or sh- socks or shoes. Um, 47% of apparel purchased on e-commerce is returned. So, if we, so where we impact that is the ability to provide accuracy. And so, from our own, our ESG, our environmental, our social, and our governance, our environmental, if we can reduce that by 10%. Number you had a user satisfaction, you have a a greater profitability, maybe an impact on cost, lowering cost, carbon footprint's reduced, waste is reduced, clothes aren't thrown out, boxes aren't thrown out, so on and so on. So there's a trickle-down effect. So really what we're doing is, as a byproduct of creating convenience, better selection, and more accurate selection, is we're actually having an impact elsewhere. Mm, Okay, I understand.
0: The, I cannot have a call without the ESG acronym showing up these days. It is literally everywhere, oh, and I'm sure. always interested on the different ways that it is permeating you know being in being in you know resource centric alberta you know the ESG kind of meant one thing, but now I'm having more conversations around supply chain I, it's just interesting how it's showing up and how how kind of you, you guys you guys brought that in so h- interesting curious back to the nuts and bolts sure. of business something you said earlier a couple of things that I caught was around your clearly aggressive global expansion conversations in inbound outbound partners how are those leads coming in because if i'm a company in western canada i've got a great technology and i'm maybe in that couple year window and i'm looking to get in front of those clients around the world that playbook has moved around a lot especially in the last 8 20 months but for you guys what's been a bit of the formula that you've seen been successful for these this global customer acquisition
1: part of that is we have to own that we haven't done as an efficient or good job of getting out to the client base. We certainly haven't. And certainly the partners that we have that have brought us around have been great. And by the way, the Canadian government has been great. The Alberta government has been great um, and very, 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 very supportive of, of what we're okay. doing and, and our help. So I put that there. I would tell you that um, one of the things that we did was we actually uh, stopped doing what we were doing in August of last year. And then we said, we need to build a strong foundation. So we have to get back to the basics of business move away from just the oh it's fun to do this it's great to code it's great to make the ones and zeros do things so um, we've spent that time building that out and part of that was building our products so that it was commercialized so we actually had a widget to sell So now that we're at a point where we're we're ramping up our sales force and our client success teams, and we brought people in. So um, uh, Kieran, who is our new uh, VP of of, uh, sales and marketing is out of Montreal. He'll stay in Montreal. Uh, We don't need him here, but he's going to run that team. You know, we we are fortunate we got him from AT&T, so he's got this great stellar background. Um, And our uh, director of client success is from Atlanta. And he'll stay in Atlanta and he'll build the teams here. Um, Our hope is that we're going to be at about 130 employees, which the 90% of them will be in Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada, if we can. Um, But we don't. um, So part of that is that we have not been effective at getting out. So as much as I say, oh, Canada hasn't been very helpful to us. We have to own part of that. You know, that's really us not, not doing our part of the job of getting the right salespeople out there and getting to the channels. That has changed as of last week when Kieran uh, joined us. But I was really focused on building the foundational aspects of the business so that we can launch ourselves effectively and properly. And then the product. And then, of course, now the the other part fills in. So now when I sell something, I have something to sell. Versus, I mean, yeah. it's coming. Okay. It's coming. I, I, it's going to get better.
0: If I was going to headline that, is that... Like technology led versus you know I don't know if these are the right titles versus business fundamentals led because I, I run into a lot of companies where the founders are very in love with the thing the widget the tech the tech let's just call it that and you don't always not necessarily get the underpinnings of of kind of the fundamentals of business which is kind of what I heard you say But I was going to headline that is that is that is that a read and what's your kind of comments on even the risks around because we got a lot of Startups happening in 3,300 to 3,500 in Alberta, a lot of those are technology focused. I would assume that this is, might be a common theme that floats around what you just said there.
1: Mm, has been for me. So yeah, um, I was a member of an um, entrepreneur's organization, uh, the Calgary chapter, and I was uh, on the board. And then I also handled the, what they called accelerator program. And we transitioned <laughs> was, that program. I was in
0: the accelerator a bunch of years ago, like wait, wait, probably back in 2010, actually.
1: Yeah. So we changed that to the grow program. And we, we grew that program. Over, I was there for two years as the chair on that. We grew that nice. program. And during that time, there was a culmination of all these different types of businesses, electrical, electrical, electrical company, installation companies, marketing companies, technology companies, um, painters, a variety of individuals, all bright young people with a great idea and in love with it. Um, but failing so to really understand the foundational aspects of business. And it has been, you know, I'll, I'll knock on wood. I had some great, great teachers uh, that helped me a- along my way and understanding that you need to balance the balance sheet, no pun intended, <laughs> and the income <laughs> statement so that they uh, fundamentally can help you grow your business. Without that core basic um there's problems. And you're right. Um, you get too in love with what you got and you forget what you need. Yeah.
0: all in love with the problem is a thing I can you know, that's an old one, but it's been, I've heard it said a few times lately. And you know, when you hear something that you've heard for years and all of a sudden you go, oh, I appreciate that on a different level now. <laughs> yep. Not the solution, not the... You know, when you, you say balance sheet, you know, ultimately your customer's the main decision maker, but cash is right there behind them. <laughs> if you don't have cash to keep the idea alive, then the be- like there's lots of good ideas sitting in the waste bin, unfortunately, because they didn't have the fundamentals to get them out or maybe they're not the right, you know, kind of product market fit. Also, I, interesting, again, my own interpretation, 90% of employees in Calgary, but you talked about two senior leadership positions, uh, customer satisfaction and then VP uh, business development. You had to go out of market to f- to find those. I have been hearing a theme lately you that know. that mid to senior level to find a 10 to 15 year person in a category that hasn't really existed here is pretty challenging. Which is, seems obvious the way I just said that, but if that sounds has that been your reality? It sounds like it was. Mm.
1: It is, because part of that is um, until you get a huge cash flow, um, you know, Lightspeed out of uh, Montreal, great another great uh, Canadian company. Um, started a long time ago, but now, you know, they're, they're doing well. They're on the, they're on the public's, uh, on the NSC, they're, um, they're also doing, uh, you know, 200 some odd million dollars of gross revenue. They can afford somebody. So what we have is this akin to what, you know, I will refer to the pendulum because I've been through so many industries is the pendulum swings each way and it seldom holds itself in the middle very long. So we, let's go back, oh ten fifteen 15 years ago, you know, Fort McMurray, uh, that Tim Hortons had to give signing bonuses to get a guy to come and sell donuts. Excuse me. Truck driver was making $150,000 a year driving a dump truck. Not to belittle any of that, but the reality of of business is how do you afford that? Well, $100 a barrel oil, that's how you afford it. So when we're in here in this marketplace and much like all of these 3,500 other companies that are growing up, they don't have the ability to pay somebody $280,000 because that's what market will pay. So if you want a chief technical officer, can you afford 280 plus a whole bunch of stock options, plus, 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 at the end of the day, somebody's a half million dollars when maybe you've got you know, $100,000 of sales. So your burn rate is huge, so, that, so what do you do then? So then you have to cast and go beyond. And then it's no different than the oil sector. Uh, didn't uh, you know a, a guy doing scheduling was getting hundred grand a year, uh, working thirty-seven hours a week? Not yeah. today. Friday, in and, and all
0: Friday and, and all Fridays off all summer. Yep, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so when I say pendulum swing, it's and it, it, it the pendulum swung to their advantage, then it swung back over to the you know company's advantage. Seldom does it get to stay in the middle to some <laughs> level. And so if we could get it to stay in the middle, we would probably have more balance within our whole economy. But you know that's a whole different.
0: Topic. yeah we live in a world of, of, of extremes we do the, yeah you know, so the tenant landlord the employee employer or like pick pick the thing yep. it's oh i'm gonna get mine because you got me last time or whatever yep. whatever the case may be for sure so i appreciate you guys but that other 90 percent, obviously you're still fi- being able to find talent and are you bringing anybody in here are you moving people into calgary or have you been able to find here so far no like, I for don't, some of those I, like non-super like
1: don't like to move people i find it's disruptive yeah. and besides that, what <laughs> if it doesn't work out you know then you've you've okay. thrown somebody as a company you've thrown somebody into a, a potential mix and i would just feel bad like I, you know I, I i wouldn't want that person it's not my my own core values of how to treat people cuz everybody that works here has an equal say in the business See, there's a point where somebody says you know, I have to make a decision and that's my job, but let's try to figure out how we can do it so that we, it makes a sense for everybody. But the same goes when I bring people in, I don't want to cause disruption to their life. I, and so I want to enhance their life. If that's a possibility, that's what I try to do. So we will look outside of that, but I will not look to try to move them. What we are doing though, is looking, how can people make shifts? Okay. So we have a young fellow working with us now that was a, certified, a CET, Certified Electronics Technician, and his, he lost his job. So he's in, now he's learning logistics. Hmm. So um, good for him, good for us. Um, and so when we look around, we, there's two things that we can't train, uh, attitude and work ethic. <laughs> I can, I can train somebody, even myself, probably to write code It would be bad, but I could write code if I had to, (laughs) but I can't train the attitude or the work ethic. So, and part of that is, you know, how do you treat people and how do you want to be treated? So, you know, there isn't my, my own little bit here is I wouldn't ask anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. I'll take the garbage out, I'll wash the dishes, I'll wash my own dishes, I don't need anybody to pour me in my own coffee. At the same time, you need to be respectful and helpful to everybody. And that's really what I I look at. So I'm hoping that that actually stands out as being one of the values that that other people will want to come and work for us. Now, they'll have to see that because typically it's lots of words. So it's, you know, uh, your actions, as my mother would say, your actions speak much louder than your words. So if your actions (laughs) are there, then you'll do well.
0: Matters to them, and they're and they're and they're and they're searching it out. Um, two questions. Just they could be another hour, but we won't be. Curious, uh, finance being able to fund One this model, finding up. the money that you need to go forward, and also something I'm also curious about manufacturing. Um, you do you build things here or do you build them abroad?
1: We build them abroad. Our preference would be to build here for a number of reasons, and we we are looking at that. Um, what we don't have is the capability in Canada right now for the aspects we need. Um, finance. Um, so part of that big going back to the okay. manufacturing, uh, the young fellow I talked about, the CET, he's actually helping us design a payment board that we'll probably build here because of a number of privacy reasons that ship out. Finance. Um, so... You know, um, BDC okay. has been great. Uh, Alberta government's been great. Federal government's been great, um, uh, and the private okay. sector has now coming around. But the reality of that is is trying to understand that. So um, we're out for a private placement right now, and um, at, at the end of the day, yeah. um, I think people are a little more skeptical in Canada. Uh, if we were to go to the U.S. and hang out in San Francisco or New York or other places, it would probably come easier. Um, but having said that, what we show them and what we demonstrate to them and we have contracts and we have product being delivered, then people go, huh, oh, you really, you do have something real. And so on this private placement, it actually has, uh, we've been very, uh, the people that come by and look at it, um, sign okay. up.
0: Well, you've got you, this 10 years, there's a storyline that I'm assuming shows up that makes a difference between if you're out there as an investor and I've had a lot of kind of early stage and seed round investors, there's a lot of like the people are selling a lot of ideas. Like you said, like they're in love with something. They've got it. They believe there's a problem. They believe there's a market fit and they're looking for that early. If I'm listening to those and then I run into your story, that's a very, it's in a very different bucket <laughs> immediately. 10 years and real product and real customers. Like you said, you've got paper, you've, you've got, you've got customers that are actually paying you. That's a very different stage from an investment perspective. Mm-hmm.
1: Correct. Yeah. yeah, very much so.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just thinking out loud about you know all the different tiers of not only different investors that fit in different places, but different companies along along that journey. And like the fact that they're all coming together in Alberta right now and that startup ecosystem is growing, it's exciting. But also to hear that you guys are that you know a ten year, and I won't make the ten year startup joke. But you know everything you're going through to even revise and and relook at how your business functions. Of like you said, like going back going back to fundamentals. I kind of heard loud and clear, and how critical and part of your yourself being brought on to the organization. When you know, curious. Let's go back two years ago, when maybe you were being courted or looking at this. What were some of the things you looked at as someone who's had you know different roles in different technology, probably lots of successes and opportunities? What was it about this that really caught your eye? to come in as that CEO to drive the next level of change? Part of
1: it was I've always enjoyed technology. I was involved in a, a startup, a true startup back in 99 and we actually were disruptive to the uh, construction and development industry in the US and based out of Cincinnati. So I've always enjoyed technology. I My mean, first computer uh, utilizing it in the workspace was a, an Apple for word processing, um, Mac in 87, <laughs> I think it was. So it gives you a real long date back for me. Um, but I've always <laughs> enjoyed the technology. But I like the part of technology what interests me was how does it solve a problem versus it's oh, it's fun it's cool um, you know gaming is fun it's cool not my world but uh, at the end of the day there's a place for that but this is this has real meaning uh, the real impact that they can have both from the standpoint of um, I'll give you a good example um, we have um, a mirror in the, our hospitality group has a mirror at uh, four seasons in Whistler we talked to them on Monday They said, we'd like some more mirrors because we can't get staff. And this actually takes care of uh, a staffing component at our check-in and Mm check-out. So when you think about that aspect of it uh, from a uh, a business, of course, I've owned a number of businesses in a variety of sectors and realizing that at the end of the day, it's usually people that we need. If we don't have people, we don't. We could have the greatest widget in the world, but if we still don't have people, and so how do we how do we actually look for those people? How do we actually find that? So the fundamentals of business is really business fundamentals, people fundamentals, and then just how do you build that your own little community within that so that it can help grow it, and everybody can benefit from it. So I don't know if that answers your question. While I kind of off on it,
0: oh, a little bit, yeah. Oh, curious, because again, looking, being a professional creeper that I am, I checked out your LinkedIn and you've had lots of experience <clears throat> and kind of through the business sector. So I'm always curious because, again, also as organizations that grow from a startup, there's often that phase where you need to look for different talent and different leadership for people to come in that are just more skilled or more experienced at that next phase of growth. And I know talking to even the VC community, like that's something they look at, like what's your leadership team, what experience do they have and when do you reach out and bring in fresh talent? When do you put new, when do you put new players on the ice? Yeah.
1: Um, it's, it's always a tricky, you know, can we, can you do one more shift? Come on, Ken, just one more shift. And then we'll bring you in. We'll swap you out. Come on, <laughs> give her. You know, you got to keep fire in the belly. Get going. The answer to that is really it, it will depend upon the individual. So um, we, one of the things that we did was uh, I came on. We waited about two months. And I brought a CFO on, fellow that successful background. We worked together, um, understands where we need to go on that side. Then brought a new CEO on, on the operational side, understood what we need there, how we're going to build that. But the CEO is really focused on culture as well. And so bringing that person, so we staged those, brought those on, and then we kind of held and then was to look and see where else do we need or what don't we need. So we're, uh, and so at that point in time, we kind of say, well, here's what we can do. Here's where we need to go. And so we built that. So we built we sat around. Um, it sounds kind of lazy, but we actually sat around and came up with the org chart based on this year, this year, this year, this year, you know, tied to real um, empirical data of what we know we could do. Oh, interesting. And then yep. we then we go out and we look for the individuals. And then who do we find? Maybe there's an opportunity. We have a, a great young guy that just joined us. Incredibly smart. Just graduated. Man, he's just I And there is just some. And and really, I, I enjoy being around those individuals. They teach me as much as I think I teach them. But something different. And it, it uh, keeps my gray matter sharp. But uh, uh, always impressed with the people. All people. All all levels at uh, and age group because they really have something to offer. Just let them go.
0: I appreciate that culture and yeah, the opportunity of resourcefulness, creativity, like all the things you talk grit, work ethic, attitude. It's so, you know, because every other skill, we can learn it. We can often just learn it on our own, like arguably just online on a course. Sure. There's so much access where education is becoming, you know, democratized that way, but you still need the right attitude to, to, to get it there. You still need, you still need <laughs> yeah. that fire. Grit, grit goes a long way. Am I, is it also safe to assume kind of a maybe that are we also, is this a, like thinking about the the Four Seasons in Whistler, I'm checking in as a consumer even the last 20 months feels like it's made me more comfortable checking in on a virtual screen like that than I maybe even would a couple of years ago. It also does it, it feels from the outside that there might be the stars are aligning, not only your ability to deliver the technology in this package with all of the capabilities you've rhymed off today, but ultimately the consumer still has to be okay to interact with it. It can do all the most amazing things in the world, but if I'm hesitant or this is weird and, you know, back to the back to the bank teller, like no one will ever go to that. No one will ever stop going to the bank. Well, we don't know what happened there. And then there's a long list. Is there a bit of a coming together? Like are the stars aligning? And I'm not trying to minimize it by saying that, but it feels like the world's conspiring to make what you guys offer a lot more relevant to, to humans.
1: So if we look at history, because it's a great um, teacher, <clears throat> timing is, is, can be everything. It's an old <laughs> uh, saying, but it really is uh, too early. Too late or just in the middle, why are you there? so I would say that my preference for in all the businesses and when I look at different businesses and where we are you know i don 't necessarily want to be that i don 't want to be the the locomotive, but I could be the coal car or I could be the okay. car just <laughs> behind that you know yeah. I can stoke it a bit I can help out and we, you know we can ride that way, so for sure timing really does matter what We've seen, and I've, I've, uh, this is me taking it from readings and just my own experiences, that uh, um, in March of 2020, my wife and I were coming back from a trip. we we've done Antarctica, and we have got hunkered off the uh, shore of Argentina, and, and we, we were trying to make our way home into a new home. We had this brand new house we were supposed to take possession of, and then we worked our way home. We got home. Well, of course. Then we were in Superlock. and We arrived home on March 28th or something like that. So we here we are at this house. We need all you know. You need all that stuff that you need for a new home. You got to hang stuff. You need nails. You got to do this. You got tape or paint, whatever. We ordered something like we had 150 packages delivered to our house. <laughs> you know, and I'm, we were. I'm sure we were only one of hundreds of millions of people. Yep. So what did the world learn? The world learned that I can still live. I live differently. I have to adapt. I have to change. But I'm okay with this electronic side. I may have a need today that I want to get out. I want that social side because we're social animals at heart. But what this has happened is is now people have been uh, customized to what convenience and speed. I'm sure our internet costs from Shell, sorry from Shaw or Telus, are not what they were. Three years ago and that's because of the demand and of course we need fiber because you know they put fiber into the new house I got so I got it's a gigabyte and well I consume all that between cameras yes. and this and that and TV I don't watch TV I watch stream Netflix and so the answer to that question is that 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 our society through the pandemic has been educated we, and but we've also created that expectation now I cannot wait two milliseconds for the <laughs> website to load I'm, I'm gone. Why? Do I need to go somewhere? No, I don't know why. I like that. But, so timing is really something that we've noticed that where we're at. And this is a great time because now consumers are looking for greater selection. I go back you know, 15 years ago, you know, shoppers in Canada would go to Hudson's Bay, go to various uh, locations, buy clothes. But everybody wanted to go to the States because the selection was greater. That's right. So, go to, the, want, go to the outlet, go to the outlet mall, go to the outlet mall. <laughs> right. I want yep. greater selection. I can't get it in Canada. Oh, I got to go there. I, I'll drive to Kalispell, even. I'll drive four hours in a snowstorm to, to get greater selection. Anyway, um, so by that education, as a byproduct of the pandemic, um, has altered where this is going in the timing. So, our timing was, was really good. Our timing now is really good. And I think we are a good hand in glove to a number of the industries, and I think it helps us. So are we taking potential jobs away? Well, I think what we're doing is changing where the jobs go to, and I think all technology yeah. will do this. So where we may lose it in the oil the patch, it'll move into uh, lithium uh battery mining because we now want the whole world to be on batteries and then yep. we're, after that we're going to have to figure out a whole new industry about how to get rid of batteries and then so we'll have all of <laughs> yes. those so so we, we want all this stuff and then we're gonna have to figure out how to get rid of it all later um but anyway um so timing is important timing is critical um and understanding that timing and i i honestly believe that we're we're probably two months late with a proper sales team but I needed the other foundational aspects to be there and I need the product to be there. So now I have to, I have to move real fast. But at the end of the day, I think other people, other providers of technologies, <coughs> of, of whatever it is, um, services, a uh, carpenter coming to your house, somebody to do landscaping, somebody to shovel snow, regardless of all of those things, there's a timing aspect there. But how do you capture that? How do you take advantage of that? And I think that's our, we're in our time now.
0: I appreciate, I appreciate the precision of your statement of, of two months late, which in business is, is, is a real number. We're like, oh, what's two months? We can make that up. But the perception of the, the, speed, at which, the speed at which life is happening right now, the speed of business, mm, the speed true. of life. Bill, thanks so much for sharing your story. What a great Calgary uh, uh, a window into uh, a window, a mirror, a mirror into what's happening in, in, in Calgary. Yeah, totally. I'm like, no, no, it's not a window. It's a mirror. Like, yeah. Let's not lose no, the theme here odd, right there at the end a mirror into what's happening here and uh, the exciting uh, opportunities you guys have ahead of you. What a what a great story and you you're, you're going to get uh, you're going to get the cool technology uh, label of the month on, on, on this episode. I I got I, where can I go find this in Calgary? Can I go check it out? Come on now. Okay, nice. All right, I love that. Office
1: will, it will give you the full experience.
0: Okay, I will take you up on that. I am an exp- I like to, I'm a, I like to touch and feel and see things. And like I'm with you. I do love new technology, but I love it more when it solves a real problem. It sounds like you guys are checking both those boxes. N O B A L. Is it noble? Am I saying it correctly? Noble, noble? yes. No, it's noble no. technologies. Okay, perfect. Yes. Next, I want to confirm. But noble.ca is your guys' website. Please go check it out, Bill. If anybody wants to reach out to chat with you, LinkedIn. You got any any preference for anybody? I always like to open the door, but you don't have to. You don't have to throw out your personal cell phone number, just to be clear. <laughs>
1: um, you can send it to uh, Bill at noble.ca.
0: Perfect. I appreciate that, Bill. Thanks for a fantastic conversation, and uh, I look forward to hearing more stories about uh, what's clearly going to be a successful path for you guys. Well,
1: work. Appreciate your time, and thank you for considering us. Take care, take, take care Tyler.